Welcome to the third season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club. Regardless of where you are working right now, at home, in the office, or a blend of both, or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you at The Coaching Cast. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future U Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, Still parenting that toddler who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. And I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some very special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today we are discussing the topic of prioritising effectively at work, its importance and some top tips for tackling that to-do list. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how are you today? I'm good. Still recovering from uh, my husband's birthday celebrations last week. Oh, tell me more. What happened? What went on? So we went to London on Wednesday, which was great. We actually have been escaping to London for our fix of fun for the last couple of months because I think you know we live in a very rural environment we're in the Cotswolds it's beautiful don't get me wrong but you know lots of green it's nice to have a different setting get out and we do both love London it's not that far for us so we find it quite straightforward skip on to the train in London have a bit of fun come back again but yeah I think we had a bit too much fun last week so my husband, I think, is still feeling ill from that experience. <laughs> and his birthday was last week on Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. So, wow. Um, as a hangover indeed. Yeah. I think he says that he revisited his 18-year-old self, which <laughs> probably tells you all you need to know. Now, I'm not going to embarrass him or shame him on this podcast because that's oh, just no. not fair. Please do. I'm happy to happy to shame myself in any opportunity, but I won't put him because <laughs> not fair. But yeah, he uh, had a bit too much fun, I would say, and we had to request a late checkout on Thursday. And even then, I wasn't entirely convinced we were going to have a successful trip on the train, whether he would survive it. Okay, so he was still nursing his hangover on Friday, and I think he's only just starting to feel better today. But even he described to me this morning when he woke up and said, uh, "My body still feels battered." So. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the, um, I think it's the accumulation of weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of lots of, lots of hard work, not enough breaks, stress, dealing with, you know, I think, I still think the environment that we're operating in, clearly it's better because we have more freedom. Yeah. The tone of COVID and the repercussions of COVID are still everywhere. You know, there's still the debate around what's going to happen come the winter are we going into another lockdown will we have other restrictions you know reimposed again you know you still can't travel abroad that easily yeah which still therefore feels quite a restrictive environment I think because you still can't really plan a hell of a lot people are still getting COVID it's still disrupting plans I think there's still that like the anxiety is there and now fuel gate which uh fuel gate yeah, it's driving me mad. I mean, I've tried to do the right thing. 
Mm. So last Friday, I was like, do you know what? I've got 95 miles in the tank, according to my car. That will get me through another week. Well, even despite traveling, in my opinion, driving in a res- you know responsible way, I apparently now only have 30 miles. I've barely got anywhere. I have, a lot I, to say to, I have a lot to say to Audi. I'm like, hang on a second. Either your fuel economy monitoring is wrong or you're scaremongering me into like panic purchasing fuel when I don't necessarily need it. But anyway, I'm literally, by the end of the day, I think I'm going to be like running on fumes. So I am getting panic now because I went to literally every petrol station in my local town yesterday. There's five of them, all empty. So thanks crazy. very much, uh, panic buying wankers, because I no longer can get fuel when I actually need it. And I bet you're all driving around with your topped up tanks that you've been drip feeding. Yeah, Honestly, not appreciated. And, you know, someone said to me, um, oh, it's the media's fault at the weekend. And I said, well, how do you work that out? I was like, if everyone stopped listening and following the media, they'd shut <laughs> up. So actually, it's all of our fault because we fall for it. So, yeah, so today I'm back out on the road. On the hunt. Yeah, I've had a tip off. Uh, There's two petrol stations that are not, I mean, they're nearby. They're not my local. So I'm going to have to take the risk and drive there and hope that that was a good decision for the use of fuel. Um, Because apparently they're selling £30 a go. So at least that's sensible. So they're like not allowing people to go crazy rationing the fuel yeah so hopefully that will see me through um one of my work colleagues sent me a video last night of him filling up a little jerry can for me because i did say if you go past the petrol station he lives in swindon so he i was like if you go past the petrol station on your way back to swindon if you see one open for god's sake will you fill me up a can because (laughs) none of them around me anyway he sent me a video of him like recording putting in the pump last night i got very excited and then he showed me the balance, £7.49. I'm literally like, oh, no, you can fill more up than that, mate. He's like, no, that's all the can can take. I was like, well, I don't even know how far that's got to get me. <laughs> I mean, £7.49 of fuel. My car to fill up is over 70 quid. I think that's going to barely, well, I, I literally don't know well, how many miles I'll get out of that. I mean, it's better than nothing. His message yeah. was, hopefully that gives you peace of mind. I mean, I did laugh out loud. It's like, <laughs> peace of mind. Great. I don't know how, you know, I've got to go to... um I've got to go to Cheltenham and back on Thursday. That's a, I don't think, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, so yeah. The thing, isn't it? So if everyone, it is crazy. It is crazy. Go out and purchase uh, me a few little jerry cans. If we could get at least seven or eight people and eight or eight jerry cans, I might be able to fill up a tank with that. We so, can get Lisa to Cheltenham with that yeah. strategy. Come on, people. I mean, by the time this podcast is released, which is in a week's time, I mean, that challenge will either have been successfully achieved or kiboshed. Well, we'll talk about it on the next week's episode, whether you made it to Cheltenham or not. Oh, yeah, God. Wait with bated breath, people. Things are getting really exciting <laughs> on the coaching cast. Top topics. Did Lisa make it to Cheltenham or not? I mean, bloody hell. We're getting desperate for content. There's engaging content right here. So, yeah, £7.49. Who knows? I'm quite intrigued to see how much I can get from £7.49. Hmm, an interesting. This could be a good challenge. Anyway, how's your week been? um my week has been better than my previous week well I mean I mean, I mean it wasn't really going to take much was it I think <laughs> I don't think but um yeah it has been better so thank you very much for that everybody or everyone who's involved in that thank you um so I've been at a wedding this week oh, um which was amazing, amazing. 
Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was a great day. It was in the village that um, I live in. Uh, my neighbour, good friend, Casey, got married to Gav. They've been together for, I think, nearly 20 years. So quite a oh, long wow. time. Yeah. That's amazing. And then they got married on Friday uh, and it was beautiful and it was so much fun. There was, it, the food was amazing. The venue was amazing. There was a live band. So we all threw some shapes on the dance floor, which um, I love dancing. I always have. Um, I think I always will. Um, <laughs> so it was really fun to kind of get dressed up and, and have a good time, yeah. especially after um, kind of the week before. So, yeah, I let my hair down. It was really nice. So um, really enjoyed that. And then also getting into, because obviously the nights are drawing in now. So it's getting colder. It's getting colder, Winter it's getting coming. darker. Winter is Winter on its is way. Yeah. Um, which I've been in some ways, Game of Thrones. Yeah, in some ways I quite like kind of like a winter evening, like you know, putting the candles on, getting cozy, getting in my pajamas, watching TV. So first of all, I love Strictly, so I'm loving the fact that Strictly's back on because I like dancing, so mm-hmm. I like watching everything. Um, but also I've been really getting into Vigil, which yes. is BBC. Yes. Girl, have you watched it? I have. I haven't finished watching the last episode. <gasps> All I am oh. saying is I have been a little bit disappointed so far with who the baddie is. Wow. Yes. On the grounds that you can't just throw in a character that you've only met once and then claim that he's the bad guy. You never had the chance to ever call him out as being a potential suspect. I hate that. So I'm well, intrigued to see how it ends. Um, yes. I think we need to discuss this next week when you've watched the last episode. <laughs> I watched it last night, um, the last episode. Not sure what my thoughts are, if I'm honest. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away, but I think you need to watch it and then let's let's okay. regroup on Vigil next week. We'll regroup. But we'll I, love Saran, I love Saran Jones. She's I amazing. Love, I love um, Leslie Rays as well, or Rose Leslie. Is it Rose Leslie, the redhead? I think it's, oh, I can't remember which way her I name is now. But I love her, but as I, me and my husband have been re-watching Game of Thrones from the beginning because we loved Game of Thrones. And actually I'm enjoying it just as much this second time round, which I'm surprised about. And I love her in that, you, you know nothing Jon Snow. So yeah. I love her. Terrible impression of her. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, I love that. Honestly. I love Jon Snow. Kit Harrington every, every day. Right. Cool. Shall we um, move on and talk yeah, about uh, the topic this week? Let's go for it. Let's, <laughs> let's go do it. On that, on that note, let's go for it. <laughs> Today we are discussing the topic of prioritising effectively at work. In a recent article written by Neil Miller for The Digital Workplace, he calls out prioritisation as one of the four pillars of productivity. Specifically, he talks about how prioritisation at work seems like such an easy thing, but yet on a consistent basis, many of us struggle with it. When you look back on the last year, did you or your team spend the bulk of your time and budget doing the most important thing? Or were there periods of time now wasted because you were focusing on something that didn't have any impact? Research suggests as we look to the future of work post-pandemic that teams that have a deep culture of prioritisation will stand far apart from those who can't mainly due to the premise that doing some things doesn't necessarily mean higher value or better results. So with that in mind, why do many of us struggle doing it? So Lisa, what is your experience of prioritising at work? It's interesting because 
I know we've spoken a little bit about this topic in the prep before we started the recording today. And I think both acknowledge that actually prioritizing isn't necessarily a task that we personally find challenging or have found challenging during our career. And I think when I've thought about that in a bit more detail in terms of, well, why has that been the case? Like, why have I not necessarily struggled? I think it can be broken down into a number of different areas that actually supported me to do it well. And actually then on the flip side, that can actually explain, therefore, when it isn't happening very well, why not? If you know what I mean, like you can flip it around. So I think I've always been quite an organised person. And I think that comes from the environment I grew up in. So my dad is a very organised person. Those of you who met Robin Terry <laughs> in season two of the coaching cast yeah. will be familiar with him. He's a very organized individual. So he plans, he makes lists. You should have seen the Terry annual holidays. I mean, they were planned within an inch of their lives. We had an itinerary when we went to Florida as a family for the first time, which actually was one of the biggest, I think, most extravagant holidays we actually did. And literally day by day, there was a blow by blow itinerary. I even think it went down to the time you know, like literally day one at 10 a.m. I think it was like that, but it was right. very organized. Okay. And I think it's just my dad has always instilled that level of organization into me. And I think it was supported in all through my education. And because I think from an educational point of view, I did go to a, quite a rigid grammar school and then I did go on to university. And university was a really, I would say that was where you really got thrown into for the first time, like being independent on your own independent learning where you really had to organize your time and prioritize effectively to get through the course and to get through the exams get through the assignments and I always remember I don't know if you do because you went to university as well that was always what was spoken about the most during my last A-level year before I went to university in terms of the challenge for any of us going on to uni, those of us who would pass or fail, do well, be successful was around how can you organize yourself? How can you, how can you manage your own learning now? Because okay. it, was, it was the first time you were ever going to do it because in school, you just had so much structure around you. Yeah. You know, you ha- one, you had to be there, you know, like when you choose to go to university or further education in any form, you're an adult and it's a choice. And whether you show up or not is totally down to you. You don't have someone like banging on the door going, where are you? And it's not against the law if you don't go. Not to mention the fact you're funding it. So it's a, it's a very like, it's quite a big shift, isn't it? Like school is this safe space. I say safe space in inverted commas, totally depends where you went. But like, you know, you've got a structure around you. And I think that's where that's come from for me is that I've always had this. And I think the biggest part of that about prioritizing is the, the focus around the objective. Like, what are you trying to achieve at the end of this? Like, why are you doing any of this? Because if you're really clear about your objective, and this is totally then true in work, prioritizing becomes simpler because you're much clearer around yeah. what am I trying to achieve here and why am I doing it? And obviously, uh, you know, I'm calling on it from a university perspective, but like, what am I trying to achieve here? I want to finish the three years with a degree, but what do, what grade do I want to get? Well, I'm competitive and a bit of a perfectionist, so nothing less than a two one's going to do. You know, it's kind of like that's in my head. So why why is this important to me? Because 
I want to do well. I think a degree will demonstrate I have done well and it will get me a better job. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and then you start prioritizing from there. But like, it's the same in work. I know when I went into work, as long as the objective was clear and I was clear on my purpose, being able to prioritize around the tasks I was going to do each day was a lot simpler to do. But I mean, there is a caveat there, which is I think in the world of work, which is obviously the biggest, you know, which is nothing like when you're studying for yourself, your priorities may not be the same as everybody else's. And that not just from a personal perspective about why you're there, but actually from a business perspective, because it totally depends how joined up the organisation is. And actually, even if an organisation is joined up, every department has their own priority to, to, to pull in that direction. Now, I think the organisations I've worked in, invariably, the majority of the time, I think have been very successful in setting clear objectives. But I definitely know the times when I've struggled in work with prioritising the most have been where at that particular moment, the organisation has lacked leadership, either because the leader in place wasn't very good or there's been a transition. And I think when you go for a transition in a work environment, that's when prioritising can become really difficult and challenging. Yes. But that is because fundamentally the direction, the leadership's gone, the direction therefore is gone and the objective has become blurred. Um, And that's when everyone then starts, I think, floundering a little bit and like trying to like prioritise and everything suddenly, well, you can either go, there's, it's not clear what the priority is in terms of what do we even have one? Or if you go into crisis mode, which I think must've been true for many organisations last year, and you start firefighting, which is like, you know, a bit of a buzzword I think we all love to use in, in working. Um, it suddenly becomes like everything's a priority. Yeah. And that's when you get the overwhelm and that's when you get the stress levels just go through the roof and you get, you know, you can get close to burnout. But I do think that the most fundamental key things are totally down to, well, what's the objective here and why are we doing it? I agree. I agree. I think my experience of prioritization has changed actually in the kind of context or the setting that I've been operating Mm. in. So what I mean by that is when I worked in a big organization, I was very fortunate that I worked um, for a company that had very clear, a very clear strategy that didn't change month on month. It, It had a strategy set out for the year and that was consistent and regular and um, kind of always there. And then each department would take that and break it down into, okay, so what does that mean for that departmental um, kind of function in terms of the direction and the priorities? And then we would kind of break it down again for your team and for you as an individual, et cetera. Um, And I appreciate not every organization is like that, Um, but for me, I found because I had this kind of, for want of a better word, kind of North Star to always kind of be referring back to, um, I found prioritising when I worked in that organisation quite easy, like quite a simple thing to do because I always had that there consistently to refer back to in terms of what tasks and focuses were important and why. Um, I have struggled more with prioritization since I left and started working for myself because I've got 
I suppose, more skin in the game. It's mine. I am a one-man band. (laughs) You know, I am responsible for marketing, sales. I'm the product, finance. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm everything. And there's more in the mix now. And although I have a clear direction for myself and my business, because that's what I do as a job, um, I still sometimes struggle with what I then spend my time on because, you know, I'm also going back to the topic we talked about with Sally last week. I'm also a working mum, so I don't have, you know, endless amounts of time to put into my business at the moment because I have other stuff obviously going on. So my prioritisation is probably is more ruthless, definitely, but the actual art of prioritizing what I spend that precious time on I found more difficult as I've worked for myself Mm. because I haven't got those people to bounce it off maybe that structure in place to keep referring back to and you kind of can easily I think when you work for yourself get lost in the day-to-day and in in the business Mm. um so I've actually had like a differencing a different experience sorry um from when I stepped out of that organization and started working myself and I think you know, it's, it's interesting how your context can really influence how comfortable you become and the, and, the, and how you can deploy and use the art of prioritizing because it is a skill. It yeah. is a skill. It is. It's so interesting when like hearing you talk about it in terms of prioritizing for yourself now that you're running your own business and it's an independent, you know, setup. I can totally relate. And it's interesting because actually hearing you talk about it has, brought up a few things for me I know that I can be a people pleaser and actually I want to do my best for everyone and actually that pressure is I think has always tended to be there for what pushes me and forces me to prioritize actually at times and in a work context when I've worked in an organization that's absolutely contributed then to the pace at which I've worked, the way I've prioritised, how I've then managed people's expectations on the grounds that I want to demonstrate my capability that I can do, that I can achieve, that, you know, I'm reliable, you know, I can manage my work, I can get shit done. It's that kind of, and it's interesting because when I think about it in the context of now where I have essentially two businesses running concurrently, I've got my coaching, which is grip. And then I support my husband with our pub. Actually I prioritize the pub much more effectively than I do my coaching. And again, it comes because of that external perspective and the expectation because we've got you know, guests arriving every day. I've got a team to manage who've got expectations of me. I need to show up every day, sadly, nearly every day, because that's the situation we're in at the moment. I'd rather want every day, but it is. Um, <laughs> there's a pressure there, an external one, that actually I find clarifying because it feels more urgent. I know to prioritise that. It's not. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I want to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's really important for me. I find it easier, though, to prioritise others over myself in those situations because it I find it a lot easier because it's more obvious. And actually, I'm not as effective at doing that around the things that are the most important to me. Um, and that's it's not that I don't value myself at all. It's that I find that harder to have to think about and commit to. It takes more thought. 
Yeah. Because I have to be clearer about, but what do you actually want? And yeah. why is that important to you? And I can procrastinate quite a lot around my coaching business and, you know, the elements of it that I really need to focus on. Like, it's interesting you mentioned the finance bit, like the finance admin, which, yeah, I don't really enjoy that. So I'm very good at like pushing that right to the bottom of the pile. <laughs> I think I've, had a reoccur- I've had a reoccurring reminder to sort out my tax return since I think I received the letter. Oh, God. I, I, need, I need to do it. I need to do it. And every week I'm like, that can wait. That can wait another week. I don't have to submit that till January 2022. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think a pressing deadline helps to prioritise. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But actually, I've always tried to teach myself to like not leave things to the last minute because it just puts me under so much anxiety. I don't need it. And I'm like, you could have just done that sooner. But that is an interesting like, as I said, running the two together as I am now, side by side, it's interesting. If anything, I will suddenly go, oh, I really, I do need to do that. Oh, oh, there's a task for the pub. Excellent. I'll do the pub stuff. Even though I, yeah. don't, I don't even want to do the pub stuff. I don't enjoy that as much, but it's yeah. just more obvious. And it, I'm like, oh, easier. And that's yeah. just, I actually use it as like a distraction, yeah. which is really bad. I think as well, like there's a, there is kind of a notion I think that exists or a myth that does exist, which is around like being busy equals progress. Yeah. And, and I don't think actually, well, that's not the case. No. And actually that's, that's wrong. That, that myth is a myth. <laughs> so, you know, being busy does not equal progress. And I think it's very easy um, especially actually when you work for yourself in my experience anyway when you're being busy and you're working on lots of different things and you know you're seeing perhaps more tangible results because it's only you that are responsible for delivering them or a small team in some instances mm. to kind of then um, kind of think that by being busy you're achieving and you're making progress and it's fine you don't need to prioritize because you're always busy and and it kind of you know becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and then soon you can quite easily end up at a point where um perhaps you are doing everything you feel quite overwhelmed you can't see the wood for the trees and you're lacking clarity around actually why am I doing this what purpose does this bring and I definitely think when you're you know you're not in that big team or you're working with others it doesn't necessarily have to be a big team but when you're working with other people like you said just to kind of anchor you back yeah and, and distract and, and kind of ask those questions or if you haven't just have a conversation with somebody and you're like well like oh what are you working on and then you tell them then as you're I've certainly done this as, as I'm talking about what I've done I think to myself why am I spending like loads of time on this <laughs> like, yeah I need to like I, I'm coming coming to those conclusions as I'm talking out loud and maybe because I've not discussed it with anyone before. So yeah, this myth, I think, around this busyness concept is not particularly helpful either no. um, in today's world. And I've definitely encountered that a lot in the workplace. You know, I've worked with what I classify as busy fools, and I've managed busy fools as well. <clears throat> and trying to get that understanding of the difference between being busy and efficient and yeah. effective. For some people, it is really, really challenging. It really is. Because they they can put too much weight on being busy equals being successful because mm. of the feeling of, but I've, you know, I've filled my day. Yeah. Without pausing to stop and reflect and go, yeah, that okay, but what have you actually achieved out of that though? Yeah. Because if you can't tangibly 
describe it and link that back to you know the the business and your contribution and how that's you know moved us forward then actually it's not been a good day yeah you know it's but there are so many people in that space I think I think busyness is a way it the danger with that is that sometimes it can be a way that we validate ourselves I know and that's the word validation yeah our own input our own um success like you said and actually that's quite that's quite dangerous yeah. place to be and operate yeah. in if Absolutely. it's a way that we're validating our existence and yeah. our input um because so, how many times like just out of interest sorry to interrupt but like I'm sure I could count on my hand the amount of times I've managed somebody and it's come down to a very challenging performance conversation based on their perception of all the work they've been doing and how that demonstrates how, how you know how great they've been because they've put it down to but I've been working really hard and I've been doing all of this and the actual reality of yes but you've not achieved this which was what was required I mean I've I've been there so many times and it is a very difficult conversation because as you've just said really really clearly and I think you've absolutely nailed it it totally depends on the the that where that person um in terms of how they measure their own success mm. and if their if their success in their eyes is measured on time spent working and busyness if that's that's a difficult place to 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 have to you know tackle this conversation which is yes and i understand that but <laughs> i would rather you did less but what you did Mm. was more added more value yeah yeah and it is such a difficult conversation but it is totally where that that becomes misaligned around yeah but what does good look like and how do you measure success it's you know that's it's a tricky one but it happens all the time I think it's a really common one and I think it can happen for individuals as well you know not necessarily um with just managing people I think if you are a single business owner like I am yeah yeah in my world that can happen for me as well Mm. and I think sometimes that's where you need by talking to a coach talking to a mentor talking to a friend or whoever to kind of help you unpick some of that in terms of where you're adding the most value yeah because it's very easy to kind of like I said before kind of lose sight and and you can't see out of your situation and and just pausing and and spending that time like reflecting is is so important so absolutely building off that then why do you think people find prioritizing so challenging? I think so there's a couple of things here. I think people find prioritizing a challenge because of I think it comes back to what I said initially which was it's a challenge because there's not the clarity of what the objective is. Mm what the reason is for doing it there's a purpose and I do think the why really drives clarity around objectives and it gives you the motivation to be consistent around action and the right action to the right end and give you the energy to do it but I think having a lack of clarity of objective and a lack of clarity as to why and I think also the other part of adding to that is that real, I think, a clear line of um, 
like communication in terms of getting alignment. I mean, if you're in a business and we're talking about this in terms of a team, this is where that's more relevant. Obviously, if, you, if it's a per, if it's a single business and you're a, like we've been talking about both, I think that communication piece is different because you're you're communicating. I think you need to be communicating with yourself. I think you have to have those honest kind of conversations with yourself, which is actually what am I doing? Why am I doing this? How, where do I think I'm at? Am I doing the right things? Like, actually, you can have that internal dialogue. And as you've, like, um, really helpfully suggested, go get external support and get a different perspective just to run that past somebody. So it's still relevant, but in a different way. I think in an organisation, I think it's the communication between yourself, your team, your peers, your line management, the, just to make, you know, just to get that understanding of, like, are we all aligned here? And uh, am I fulfilling expectations yeah. So I think, you know, clarity of objective, ensuring you've got the communication. I think the other is the time. You know, I think when you put a time piece around an objective, that really gives you a lot of clarity around the prioritization. Yeah, then for sure. It. You know, I think, again, when I can think of times when, you know, it's been really challenging to prioritize because there's been so much been going on. Um, and I will, you know, I definitely think this has happened for me personally in the worst times when there's been a massive challenge and we're all firefighting. And, you know, that's when the timing is so critical. Like, what do we need to do first? What, you know, what can be uh, parked for a later date? And you get a time scale around everything. Because until you've got that, because priority, priority for me means urgency. You know, everything is a task until it's got a date on it. And then you can work out, well, what's priority then? Because you can see the urgency, can't yeah. you? Because yeah. again, I've seen, I've, I've experienced times when people are running around doing task A. And actually I'm like, I don't, that's not, that's not even, it doesn't need to be done right now. And, and yeah. actually there's that element again of like, people do what they like to do, not necessarily yeah, what has sure. to be done. Um well, we're all, in any in any context, we're always, you know, going back to your kind of tax return. <laughs> yeah. You know, your that example, you know, you'll push what you don't particularly enjoy to the side and try and forget yeah. about it because otherwise, you, you know, you have to face into it. And actually, there's a really great book um, called, um, I think it's called Eat the Frog. Um, <laughs> really random title. I think it's called... Why do all books about work have the most bizarre, <laughs> like metaphorical like just this comes back to the bullshit thing again isn't it it's like I'm not being funny like I, I feel this way about the book that we shared in season one like who moved my cheese I oh, know but that's a great book I'm not saying it's not a great book but like who moved my cheese yeah Why would you just not say like whatever like the actual thing is like, well it's why's not... my boss a dickhead <laughs> like why do I hate my job I don't know just anyway sorry who ate my frog I mean I think it's called no I think it's called eat the frog oh eat the frog. Uh, not who ate the frog it's something to do with a frog anyway look it up guys I think it's on Amazon so, but it's about prioritizing and it's okay. about the concept or the theory behind it is about doing the hardest thing first. So you get it done, it's out of the way, you move on to the yeah. next kind of stuff. But I think, you know, we're going back to the discussion we were having before, it, that long-term goal or that long-term focus can be easily forgotten when you're in the day-to-day. Yeah. And in my experience, if you can try and keep focused on that long-term goal as much as you possibly can, 
that will make it easier to go through the process of prioritizing tasks yeah um, and things that you should spend your time on um, and I think that's why people find it challenging because um it gets forgotten that longer term piece it's not there immediate it's not in the short term is yeah. this going to impact me today yeah. yes or no and you know it can be easily forgotten and I think the other kind of perspective I just want to bring into the conversation around why, you know, we may find it challenging is because actually when you prioritize, it's about making choices and therefore you have to say no sometimes. And I think, you know, we can very easily sometimes be afraid of making the wrong decision, doing the wrong thing, saying no to something which we should have said yes to. And we can, you know, doubt ourselves for that. And I think that becomes even more um kind of relevant in an organizational context for sure when there's other people that are reliant on you or you doing things and that kind of has a knock-on effect and that comfort with actually saying no I'm not going to do that right now this is why I'll get to it at some point I think for some people they can find that really difficult and that kind of goes back to your point around pleasing people yeah absolutely and I think it's so true in like personal life as well yeah and I think you know as I've got older, because I am a yes woman <laughs> without a doubt, and I'm a joiner. That's what I would describe it. I just want to be involved in everything. I'm. I really don't enjoy saying no. Oh, I uh, thought you meant when you said a joiner, you could do woodwork. Okay. I actually need a joiner. <laughs> no, I'm, the, I'm like the least. I'm like the least practical person. Wait, I did not mean that about you. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All these many hidden talents. I'm a carpenter. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's my other sideline job. Uh, no, I'm a joiner. I like being part of everything. I don't like missing out. So, like, yeah. I have such fear of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Huh. Um, and as I've got older, actually, I've realised saying yes to everything in my personal life has such a detrimental impact on me that mm-hmm. I don't enjoy doing it. So I've yeah. had to learn to prioritise around what's actually important to me. What do I like doing? Who do I want to spend time with? Who gives me joy? Who sucks the life out of me that I really don't want to spend time with? And actually, I don't have to. Like, that's the thing I think as you get older, that's the beauty. That's definitely one of the things I've enjoyed the most about being in my 30s is that I'm like, I don't have to do that shit anymore. I don't have yeah. to say yes. I don't have to do this. I'm an adult, finally you know, well, that's debatable. (laughs) But like, you know, you've got your own life. I didn't feel that way until my 30s. I didn't feel that at all during my 20s because I think I was still growing and building a life and yeah, being stupid and irresponsible most of the time and spending all my money on crap. So like, I think that's the the like beauty of age as well but it's definitely something to harness as soon as you can in both personal and as you've pointed out in work which is actually you don't have to do everything you can say no in a work context you absolutely can say no if you are really clear as to why yeah because I think and that I know when I've said no in work oh my god I felt so powerful that's been some of my favorite moments when I was like no I'm sorry I'm not doing that and this is why as in I could challenge and but I could only do that because I was really clear about my priority Yes. And, and I was only clear about my priority because I knew what the objective was and how the two correlated. Yes. But you I think that in place, you have sure. to have that in place. If, if the objective isn't clear and the, and the tasks to get you there are not clear, being able to say no, I think is really bloody hard. I don't, I think it's really difficult. It is. And I, and do you know what also gets, gets on my nerves and has done when I was in an organization is when 
everything is a, is as important as each other because that's not actually reality. It's not true. It's a lie. It's not true. It's just not true. Everything can have a sliding scale of priority level. Of course it can. So I totally agree. That's really wound me up. So let's not like I'm not taking away the importance of certain things for sure, but not every single task has the same importance. It can't do. No. That's not life. That's not that's not running a successful, you know, business. And and you know, so actually let's kind of just take each one by one and break it down and let's look at what that is. And I think again, you know, it, it's probably easier to do that in an organization with other people than it is if you're a single business owner. That is where getting some external support can really help mm. with demystifying that kind of feeling where you think everything is as important as each other and and also in your home life as well Mm. because I think juggling you know especially if you've got children and you've got after school clubs you've got um drop-offs pickups that you're navigating you throw work on top you've got just general life and whatever that entails for you all of that in the mix you know absolutely there's a lot of important stuff in there but everything can be prioritized but you have to kind of spend that time up front about looking at what's important what's urgent and then kind of using that as your framework to prioritize things are only as important as you say it is yeah so like you have the power to say that is the most urgent that can wait you know that's all within your control in 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 the in the general sense of it in general yeah for sure um and i mean it's like time they're both like they're both um concepts of which we create for ourselves it's like when people say i don't have time i'm like everyone has time for the things they want to do time can be made for anything and everything if you really want to do it Mm. if you you know if if you carry on going there's just not enough time well there never will be time no you know, it's the same with the the prioritization piece, but I do think it's that you have to be committed to invest the time up front to do it. Mm. You do. And, I do, and I do think the many of us who are struggling with it is because we're just on the little hamster wheel. We just keep going. We don't want to break, break. the chain. You just break the cycle. Yeah, because sure. yeah, because actually, it's easier to do this because you know what you're doing. It's scary to stop it, come off it, take a look, lift up the bonnet, go. Oh shit, what's actually going? Yeah. On? you know reset yeah 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 absolutely so on that note then about kind of resetting and coming off the hamster wheel and thinking about how we prioritize effectively what would be your top tips for prioritizing effectively when you are feeling that it is all important (laughs) so I think you know and I I've said it a few times so I think it has to be my first which is define what your objective is first what is the outcome you are trying to achieve I think that has got to be the first one and that's applicable whether it's you as a single business owner you in your personal life you know what do you want to get out of your personal time for example if it's about prioritizing the way you spend your free time um you know so I think and 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 it's true of an organization you have every right to ask your manager what is the objective? That that's a fair question. You know, that's not a silly question. And actually, the fact that you need to ask it tells you all you need to know, really, in my opinion. So it's definitely the right one. Um, if you're not clear, so I think it's like, what is the objective? What's the outcome you're trying to achieve, and why are you doing it? Like, I think that's it's all in part of my. I think that's all within my first like tip, to be honest. 
Okay. That is um, a juicy first top tip. It is. Um, I think in terms of once you're clear around that, I think it's then like you've, you've been talking about, which is then breaking it down into the, so what are the actions then to support and then putting a plan, like, and then literally documenting. So what needs to happen first and then putting a timescale on that. Because that will then totally dictate the urgency of anything. For sure. Those short, medium, long-term actions yeah, will absolutely. really focus the mind in terms of what needs to be done first. Yeah. And then my third tip is, and actually I was told this in, I, I was told this in a, a workshop in a company I worked in years ago, and it stayed with me always. I just love it so much. And it's helped me so much at times, which is if you have to do it, you might as well enjoy it. And that was in relation to like tasks that you're putting off because you don't want to do it for whatever reason. As you said before, that often they can be sometimes the most important ones. <laughs> i.e the tax return um but i really like the idea of this which is actually if you've got to do it you might as well enjoy it and it doesn't have to mean that you then make it as fun as possible but i do know at times when i've really wanted to not do something and i've avoided it having that in my head has actually really helped change my mindset and i've gone in i mean i've even approached this in respect of going into work so like there's been some days in some jobs when I've literally been like, I just don't want to go in today. I feel like shit. I don't, I just don't want to do it. I'm not enjoying it. And I've just gone, well, I've got to go. So I might as well bloody enjoy myself and just gone in, right. I'm putting a smile on my face. Yeah. I've got to inject some energy into the day. And actually I've always found like the more energy you put in, the more you get back out. If you want to sulk and mope and moan and walk around with a long face, it will just make you feel even worse. And I think it's true of tasks. Like if you've got to do it, like God, might as well like do it with some gusto yeah try and enjoy it maybe that's like picking up your favorite coffee on the way in yeah or putting Play your favorite tunes. song on like we do you know we listen to music every time we um before we record the podcast so you know whatever it is for you just if you've got like Lisa if you've got to do it yeah just try and enjoy it as much yeah as you give can. yourself like think about the reward you're going to give yourself at the end of it because at the end of the day you didn't want to do it but you got through <laughs> it's done so when my tax return is eventually submitted <laughs> I'm going to treat myself. When HMRC aren't chasing Lisa, it will all be good. She's going to celebrate yeah. and uh, high five. Cool. Okay. Well, I would add um, just to build off, I think, that breaking it down in terms of those actions and looking at the short, medium, long term. I would also just say about looking at prioritizing based on importance and urgency. Yeah. Because I think if you use those two criteria to qualify the tasks themselves, that will give you a really clear guideline around what you need to focus on first. So using those two um, kind of lenses, I think, is really important. And then the fourth top tip I would add to that uh, great list there is write it all down. Yeah. Get it out of your yeah. head. Externalize it. Externalize it. It declutters the mind. You can see it on a piece of paper. You can 
hopefully more easily identify the important things that need to be done and also put all the tasks in one list. I do this actually on my day-to-day list. So um, every day when I um, come to work, I have a list of um, things I need to do for work. And I also on that same list, have a list of personal things I need to do that day as well. So that might be put a wa- put washing on, that might be Hoover, um, what, hang the washing out, whatever it is, I put that on the same list. Yeah. And for me, that makes it not as overwhelming because it's all just in one place so um I would 100% like recommend doing that and if you're watching us on YouTube you'll see that Lisa I think is showing her current to-do list which is the same premise the mixture <laughs> of a weekly planner I've got a weekly thing. planner um yeah. which has got all of those kind of business and also life stuff on there as well um, and I think that's a really important top tip because the process of just getting it out of your head, writing it all down will honestly, and believe me when I say this, will honestly, honestly make you feel better and less overwhelmed. 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. I absolutely love my little weekly planner. This is a new one. I've used my last one. That's how busy I was. But yeah, and I love the tip of mixing work and life, like home stuff, because I find that so beneficial, putting it all together in lists and then prioritizing them effectively. And it definitely helps me to manage my feelings of overwhelm because I definitely do with juggling my coaching the pub my personal life the dog you know all of it my critical like hair dye appointments yeah the greys are coming through they're coming back Um, (laughs) hopefully I'll have enough fuel to get get to the appointment well we'll we'll find out next week we'll find out next week whether my Um, husband will give me a lift or not (laughs) Um, but yeah I couldn't agree with that more and I think that's a really good tip like mix the two together because the two are happening at the same time they're not inseparable so like you know it's a a great one I really like the urgent important part as well there I've got a little exercise around urgent and important I've got the urgent important matrix so that is very uh, helpful for that and again it's about writing it all down so it's the externalizing exercise so Uh, we can uh, put something on socials around the urgent important matrix it is a new season and we have a brand new feature one which we will hope will add some humor to your day and lift your mood introducing to you workplace shames every other week we'll share a workplace shame either one of our own or one given to us by a listener we want to know your funniest silliest most embarrassing work stories or admissions that time you accidentally burped in the office in front of your managing director or the time that everyone witnessed you snogging the apprentice etc etc so (laughs) send us an email to hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can message us on instagram at thecoachingcast and don't worry all stories will remain anonymous so this week it is Lisa, your turn to share your workplace shame. Uh, and do you have a good one for us? Well, you guys will be the judge of that, I guess. So I will okay. I will tell my story. So I worked in an organization a number of years ago who we we had a really great team culture and would regularly uh, host what we called a team huddle most mornings. So it was where the department would get together. I can't remember what time it was. I think it was around, well, it was in the morning. It was like mid-morning. But we'd all get together and we would run through the days, you know, top priorities, 
and tasks, any updates, any critical business updates that were coming out from our senior leadership team and the, and the wider business, because I worked for quite a big organization. It was a, it was a big company. And just ensure that everyone was aligned. And it was a great chance to actually all of us get together. So, yes, we, you know, we all worked together. I think the department at the time, I'm trying to think how many people were in it. I can't remember. But I mean, I think it was a it was a fairly sizable team. There was probably at least 50 of us, maybe a bit less. Um, and at the time I was managing a team. And those of us who were managers would take it in turns to host the huddle. Okay. And we did that regularly. And, and on this particular day, it was my term. So I had planned the content of the huddle. I had shared the invitation out with everyone within the department and stated the time, uh, what to expect, any prep that anyone needed to do, but made it very clear that I was going to lead, that it was my turn. So I'd sent the invitation around. Everyone had that in their diaries. And on this particular morning, it was, it was going to take place. So before it started, I thought, you know, I've had my coffee. Things have got moving. So time to have a, a quick rest break before the huddle begins. Got yeah. To make sure that, you know, I'm feeling ready, prepared, lighter, more comfortable to, yeah, to be able to confidently, confidently lead the huddle. So anyway, have my rest break. Uh, I used to joke actually that like going to the bathroom at work was my only peaceful moment of the day <laughs> that it was the only escape I ever got it's the only time when the people aren't you know like hounding you I can relate to this having a toddler yeah well quite I mean I described it as me time which my friends always <laughs> found hilarious but I was like yes yeah, bit of me time and actually I used to refer to it as that to my head of department who I reported into and would say to her you know I'm just having a bit of me time which she thought was hilarious but anyway Anyway, so have my me time, my me time. Came back to the team, ready to host the huddle. And literally, I came onto the floor. I came through the door. We used to have like a door. And they were security doors that you had to like have a security passport. So they'd beep. So you could always hear when people were coming onto the floor because it would go beep and the door would open. Anyway, at the time, our team was located by the main door to the floor. So as I beeped through, I came through the door and everyone in my department was staring at me. Like every line of, like, because we were on banks of desks, every bank of desks was staring at me. And I was like, what? And it was silent as well, like absolute silent. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, God. I was literally like, what? Why is everyone looking at me? I was like, is everyone, like, everyone ready for the huddle? Like, time to go? Like, it's the time. And literally everyone laughed and my manager came up to me and she went, you've missed the huddle. I was like, what do you mean I've missed the huddle? And she said, the huddle was a 10. I was like, no, the huddle was at like, like, you know, half 10, I think it was. I was like, no, 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 it was at 11. She went, no, you sent an invitation around at half 10. And she was like, you know, everyone was ready. We'd all congregated and you were nowhere to be found. <laughs> and so I had to lead it. And I was like, oh, and I was like, shit I'm so sorry I can't believe I've done that and she was like yeah and everyone knows why I was like what do you mean and she went well I told everyone that you're having your me time and I was like you've just told everyone that I was having a crap and that's why I missed the, the huddle <laughs> oh my gosh and, she was, and so literally I was like nice one thanks very much Jesus so yeah so everyone knew that I'd missed <laughs> the huddle that I was I organized 
and that I was hosting and that my head of department had to lead it on my behalf with everyone else because I was having a poo. <laughs> so forevermore, everyone would all like daily, everyone would go, if I got up to leave my desk and go off the floor, everyone would be like, going for your me time. Everyone knew my like my time of the day. They knew that that meant that Lisa was going off to have a like morning crap. Oh my god, that is mortifying. Yeah, quite. So yes, oh. that's my workplace shame. That's one of many. I have quite a few. That's the one I shared with you today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's a good one. And if you have a workplace shame which you would like us to feature, if you can follow that one, <laughs> uh, please get in touch. <laughs> It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Today's Bullshit Bingo is one that I have contributed because I saw this live, in motion, in a meeting, and I spotted it and I thought, that is a Bullshit Bingo. (laughs) I need to write that down. And it is the word ecosystem, which refers to lots of different operating systems that a business may have, and they all come together, and that is what you would refer to as the ecosystem. Yeah. Lisa, thoughts on this one? (laughs) Any thoughts? I've never heard this one being used ever. I've never heard it. No, this is a new one for me, I have to say. So when I heard this, I was like, oh, I've not heard that before. Um, but then I also spoke to a couple of people who I was with. And um, apparently this is actually quite common. This is a real, oh, yeah, like common phrase. Um, my husband said that this, yeah, he knew what this was as well. Oh, really? um, my, my friend did. So I think this is quite a common but to oh, me I was really like, out of touch this is a bullshit bingo I don't care if it's a common phrase this is a bullshit bingo it's yes. going in yeah ecosystem. yeah this is I've never heard this used before ecosystem interesting I'm yeah I'm quite stumped by this one I also feel really out of touch if everyone else knows what it is I'm like oh I mean don't get me wrong I understand what an ecosystem is in the context of an ecosystem as in do like you, you know because I well, don't think, well I, do. I think I think so <laughs> Isn't it like how things live together in harmony in one economical operating system? Which it gets used environmentally, doesn't it? But I've never heard it in a work context. I mean, if anything, I actually think it sounds quite creative. I'm like, ooh, it sounds quite nice. Um, I think it's unrealistic, but that's probably my experience of working in a <laughs> I don't think I'd ever describe many of the places I've ever worked as having a like a harmonized ecosystem at play. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that impossible? No, I'm joking. That's really like negative. <laughs> But yeah, weird. I'm not surprised that you sat there and laughed or like laughed internally. Maybe you laughed out loud, but I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to write that one down. You're like, oh, excellent content for the podcast. Yes, 100%. So yeah, that was one system spotted in actual context. And I thought, that's it. I'm having it, she says. I'm taking it. Ecosystem. For sure. Hmm. For sure. 
So keep your bullshit bingos coming in. We love receiving them. This is my favorite kind of email. Uh, <laughs> and I'm on this the inbox and I love seeing uh, bullshit bingos. So you can either DM us on Instagram at the coaching cast or send us an email at hello at the coaching cast.co.uk. So we're coming to the end of today's episode discussing the importance of prioritization. So our tips from today for you to try are, number one, define the objective and the outcome you want to achieve and really think about why, specifically why is this so important? The second part is using that criteria of importance, but also urgency to really think about the actions that are going to achieve the objective and enable you to prioritize what needs to happen first and really think about it with timings because adding time helps to really gain clarity around urgency. Number three, write it all down, get it out of your head because that will really help you to look at it all objectively, remove the emotion and prevent you from having that feeling of overwhelm so you can actually see clearly what needs to be done. Include your personal things as well, because as Susie really helpfully contributed, actually seeing all your personal tasks with your work tasks help you, helps you to see all of it and actually effectively prioritise every single one of those things, because everything is important. They're not, they're not completely separate. And the last thing is, if you have to do it, you might as well enjoy it. So even if that means slapping a smile on your face, giving yourself a bit more energy to do it, or even finding ways to make it fun while you're doing the task, like playing your favorite tune, eating something nice, and then give yourself a prize at the end. So you can give yourself a good like pat on the back and say, well done, you did it. But don't worry about remembering all of these right now. We will post these onto our Instagram page this week, and they will all be saved in our account on our grid. So you can always refer back to them if you want to. Try asking yourself the following questions this week to help you with your prioritization. Number one is what is the most valuable use of your time right now? And really think about that in relation to the objective that you've set yourself. So that has to come first. Number two, how much of your work requires an immediate answer? And number three, how much control do you have over determining urgency versus importance? And actually, if you're not feeling confident about the control you have, who can help you? What support do you need? We hope you have enjoyed today's episode and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast. Your continued support means everything. And therefore, if you really like what you've heard, then please, please give us a follow on Instagram at thecoachingcast. Leave us a review on Apple or, or and even Google podcasts. And most importantly, please, please subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube, which you can find by searching The Coaching Cast. That will enable you to watch our faces as well as our voices. <laughs> and believe me, sometimes that adds some additional depth of meaning and enjoyment. Entertaining value. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So our episode next week is a really interesting one where we're going to be exploring the topic of coaching versus mentoring. So what are the differences, the similarities, and when should you coach versus when you should mentor? We'll also talk a little bit about if 
if and when it's appropriate to have one or the other and how you can help determine that for yourself. We both love music and use it to motivate and energise us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and I've chosen an absolute 80s banger and that is Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Put it on and have a good old dance. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and remember... You've got this.